Hello. Hello and welcome. My name's Daniel Swan. Uh, thank you so much for listening to another uh, Grapple Pie uh, podcast, a special Grapple Pie podcast, because um, it's, it's a pay-per-view. It's a payback was last night, WWE Payback, May 1st. 2016 um and it was it was a pretty good show it was um uh, not too shabby at all um it will be remembered for a couple of different things that we'll, we'll get to um by the end um but yeah a lot to get through um so we're just going to dive straight in uh with what happened what my thoughts were where wwe can go from here uh for wwe payback um so let's have a listen <laughs> We're going to kick off with a pre-show, um, as WWE uh, likes to do. I didn't watch the pre-show first. I obviously just kind of kicked in straight with the uh, the actual pay-per-view, and then I went back and uh, watched it afterwards. Um, but as pre-shows go, it was, it, was, it was all right. I mean, I didn't stop to listen to any... I kind of feel like Renee Young, Corey Graves, Booker T, and it was Jerry Lawler last night, have... It's, I mean, that's got to be one of the harder jobs in the WWE, I think. I mean, not that they have to work out or, you know, do any of that crazy stuff, but I just just trying to talk about all the stuff over and over again, just, I don't know, I, I watch it and I cringe, which means I can't watch it anymore. I, I, just, I just flat out refuse. Um, but the, the matches were pretty good. So they put um, Ziggler and Corbin on the pre-show, which I thought was a, maybe a little bit of an insult for them. Um... Bearing in mind that they they'd done a decent amount of uh, build up for it, um, and they you know with Ziggler coming out and attacking him in the during his entrance kind of makes it seem like you know it's it's quite a personal quite a personal thing, um, but nevertheless they they put it on the pre show. We knew that Kalisto and Ryback were going to be on the pre show because they had absolutely they have I don't think they've been on TV since fucking WrestleMania, so they're just doing exactly the same thing because nobody cares about them. Um, but yeah, this was a, a, a bit of a surprise, but. Um, it was. I mean, it was good. It, they they've changed. They're kind of continuing to evolve Corbin's entrance. With it. so he started off with his white circles, and then he went with his red circles, and now they've gone with the white circles. And when he moves into them, they kind of bleed into red, which I think it's always always improving, ever improving um, his entrance. A nice uh, change of tights as well for him. I it's a personal thing for me with wrestling um, that I I dislike people just having everything black. Oh, he wears a leather jacket and he's wearing the black thing, the black and the black, the black. Just reminds me of kind of late 90s WCW where it's like, hey, it's all real and everyone's cool and everyone's just wearing black. I just think there's so many other colours out there. And as with this, like it was kind of a, I don't know, like a kind of khaki-ish, like a tan kind of colour um, for his tights. And it looked cool, it looked kind of dirty and grimy and badass as it should do um, for his entrance and, and worked well. And yeah, and anything apart from black. Um, it's good, I think. But his hairline, I think, is still a little bit questionable um, for me. I don't, I don't understand why they... Because, you know, it's it's Wrestling 101. As with Man 101, you know, you have your hair and you do well with your hair. And then when their hair starts to creep back a little bit or starts to creep forward a little bit, if it's, you know, a bald spot at the back, you just got to whip it off. Um, you've just, you just got to get rid um, and do the Triple H thing and just go for very short. That's the only way to do it. Uh, but Corbin hasn't. Even though he's a young man, he said, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to be a young guy with a receding hairline, deal with it. Um, the long hair works, but I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's still a little bit questionable. But, of course, this is a wrestling match as well, so I don't just need to comment on uh, how everybody's looking. Um, I was 
I, I, I thought this was a good match. I thought it was um, uh, very, very solid. Um, there, there was a nice spot where Corbin did a, a kind of a strong Irish whip into the corner, but to show that it was a strong Irish whip, he kind of span around after he'd finished whipping Ziggler, which is just a little thing, but I think it's little things like that that really add up to making a, a really kind of watchable wrestler. The little little bits of ridiculous psychology that they put into their moves, I think, um, shows that it's not just this athletic contest. It's like they're actually thinking about it. I thought that was very nice. I thought they did a nice um, uh, power bomb, kind of like the, the alley-oop finisher that the big show used to do for a bit um, into the ring post, which was very, very nice. Um, I thought, yeah, it was it was pretty fast paced, and um, Ziggler's a, a very good work. He's going to make everybody look good. Uh, but in a surprising turn of events, he won, um, which I wasn't necessarily expecting. I think a lot of people would have thought that Corbin would have won. I mean, it's his first pay per view match. They're they're trying to build him up as a, a bit of a badass, um, and I, yeah, so for Ziggler to win seemed a little bit odd, um, but. A, it was only a roll-up victory, so it's you know there's an element of luck towards it, I suppose, um, and also they were building it up in the commentary afterwards as being you know it was a rookie mistake. Corbin did too much um, kind of appealing to the crowd, which I kind of I can get on board with, uh, I think, because it makes Corbin still look like you know physically he's the dominant guy, but he's just a bit inexperienced and cocky which I think is fine because then it makes him a bit angrier and they can have maybe have a rematch at Extreme Rules and blah, blah, blah. Um, so that's fine. Um, yeah, it, it was, but it was, it was a good match. I thought it was a good match. I thought it was a very solid match. I thought it told a good story. Um, Corbin looked very, very good, which is obviously what they want. And Ziggler came out with a victory. So I think everybody wins. It's, a, it's a, an odd decision maybe to not go with Corbin winning, but I think that they did the best way of doing Ziggler winning. Um, and then after that, we had the, uh, I guess the main event, the, the pre-show main event, if you can say such a thing, um, with uh, Ryback and Kalisto. Now this had absolutely no build-up. Like I say, I don't think they'd been on TV since uh, WrestleMania when when that was on the pre-show as well. So again, nobody cared about it then. Nobody really cares about it now. But obviously this is a Chicago crowd. They care about everything. They just want to cheer massively and boo even louder. Um, and Ryback got massively booed, which I thought was strange because he hasn't... He was kind of a weird like halfway house heel turn that he's done recently um, but then he mocked CM Punk's entrance by doing the what time it is it's like it's clobbering time thing which I thought was uh, then it's like right you're going to boo me I'm going to fucking give you a reason to boo me and everyone gave him shit after that which I, th- I thought that was very very good obviously CM Punk being a Chicago native um, and a, a god to uh, Chicago and wrestling fans um, and he came out with his little black gloves with his red R on it which just reminded me of Team Rocket and then I looked up the Team Rocket logo afterwards it doesn't really look like it that much but um, yeah it did remind me of uh, the Team Rocket gloves Um, and then as soon as they came out as soon as the match started huge Goldberg chance um, for Ryback but again moving away from the black everywhere for everything because everyone's super badass and um, red elbow pads and red uh, knee pads I think kind of lead him away from that a little bit I can I can deal with him in trunks I think that's fine um, and yeah the, the, the kind of red pants moving uh, pads move him a little bit away from, from looking like Goldberg um, but this was a really good match like there was no storyline build up to it 
no kind of craziness going on with like, oh, this is what's happening. It's just another title match. Um, should have been a real mismatch as well. So a lot of the time it can be quite an awkward thing with a big guy versus a little guy. Um, but this worked really, really well. There were some really nice um, spots in the match. Very, very nice spots. Uh, what do we have? What do we have? Uh, so Kalisto almost killed himself um, with a kind of a, a very nice looking, but it was very dangerous spinning plancher to the outside. Essentially, Ryback saved his life by kind of catching him and uh, not allowing him to snap his neck like a twig. Um, Kalisto tries a, a DDT that then Ryback turns into a massive vertical suplex, the kind of thing that um, uh, Cesaro might do. And maybe he does that later, a little bit of a uh, spoiler. Um, but then turns it into a vertical suplex. It was very, very impressive. But then, here's a fucking thing. They put an advert for the fucking WWE, Camp WWE, in the middle of the match. I'm like, why the fuck am I watching an advert here? What's going on? Like, how little do you care? And it wasn't even like it was It was for Tap Out or it was for fucking JC Penny or whatever that they they would have paid money to say, right, we're going to give you all this money, WWE, but our thing has to be included in a match. Um, it was for fucking Camp WWE. You could have put that and did put that advert before the match, after the match, wherever you want. But give the wrestlers the respect of actually letting people watch the fucking match. I thought that was scandalous behaviour. Really, really annoyed about that. Um, and then we come back. There was a great um, jumping DDT onto Ryback, onto the apron, which looked very, very nice. And which got... <laughs> the, the best thing about the uh, pre-show is called by Mauro, Mauro Ronaldo, um, who is uh, absolutely the best thing to happen to the uh, commentary team in a good, good long while. Should be on Raw. Hashtag Mauro for Raw. Um, he <laughs> let rip with a Mamma Mia... Um, after the jump in DDT, which I really hope becomes a catchphrase because it's massively out of character, um, but did make me smile. Um, and then, yeah, lots of these kind of athletic dodges by Kalisto, a really good spine buster, really clean looking spine buster by um, uh, Ryback, and then an amazing, like, the, the kind of gorilla press, like, jumping slam from the middle rope, which looked amazing, and then a, a very hot. Um, pinfall after the Selena Del Sol um, so yeah this was amazing really really good match um, when it had absolutely no right to be um, so the pre-show couple of good matches called by Mauro Ranallo that fucking advert WWE advert aside um, very very good very very good um, yeah well done pre-show you made a very strong case for don't put me on a fucking pre-show again <laughs> let people watch me <laughs> So, um, into the pay-per-view proper. Um, the best way to start any kind of uh, pay-per-view at the moment is with, of course, the New Day. Who doesn't love the New Day? They came out to a huge pop. Chicago were well into them. Um, and rightly so. They're obviously having a lot of fun. They kind of came out. Didn't really do much, but they were watching the first um, first match, which was the, the final of the Bootios number one contender tournament um, and it was amazing they had bean bags by the side of the thing and they were eating pizza and taking pictures New Day Rocks chants at the beginning and during the match as well everybody massively into them um, and then Enzo and Cass come out Enzo drops the mic which wouldn't necessarily be the biggest uh, mistake that he made of the evening um, and they did their promo it wasn't the best one They, I, they on a lot of occasions they 
make me guffaw, um, positively guffaw. Nothing to beat his. Uh, I want to run down a beach and, uh, in slow motion into down a beach into my own arms uh, line, which I thought was hilarious, hilarious. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't their best. And the Vaud villains came out. People were kind of into them in terms of booing them, which was good because they haven't been particularly over in the last few weeks. Um, and then they started off, and it was a lovely start to the match. A nice kind of luchery kind of where they've whole, it's like a kind of test of strength thing, and they're obviously leading each other through a lot of acrobatics, which work quite nicely. Um, there was a li- it seemed like there was a little bit of a botch, but then Simon Gotch kind of turned it into a, an armbar thing, so it was it was going very very well. Um, and then, of course, the the biggest um, moment of the match was uh, the injury where Gotch whipped uh, Enzo into the ropes and I don't know really kind of slipped or whatever happened but he kind of caught his neck on the ropes and smacked his head on the ring and then just really ragdolled out of it which was pretty scary um I wasn't at the beginning I think the the Chicago crowd were chanting that it was an angle um which I put Chicago crowd assholes in my uh, notes as like instantly it's a fucking angle you get up you piece of shit um but yeah, then the longer it went on, the more that you're like, oh shit, this is um, maybe perhaps not an angle. And I, the, the weird thing is, I don't really know what spot they were going for because um, they showed that. I mean, they showed a lot of replays of it, which I don't necessarily think was in the best taste. Not that that's ever stopped the WWE before, but like, if you're even if you're not sure how serious an injury is, if you're serious enough that it's gonna stop the match and potentially you're gonna have to get. Um, some uh, the guy stretched out in real life, which never happened. That's always an angle. Whenever a stretcher comes out, it's always an angle. But this wasn't. Um, maybe the best thing is not to show super slow motion replays of the moment that, for all you know, the guy made a had a career ending injury, potentially even life ending injury. Um, so I thought that was a little bit odd. But yeah, from the replays. It, I'm not really sure what kind of spot they were doing. I don't know whether he was trying to kind of jump out of the ring or whether it was just supposed to be a normal Irish whip and he just kind of slipped a little bit or... I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it looked fucking nasty um, getting all kind of tangled up. Um, since... Uh, and this morning and stuff I have seen on Twitter, there's pictures of him and lots of reports saying that he's had a massive concussion, of course. But... Um, that he is, he was up and around and walking and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so hopefully, um, there's no real kind of long-term damage and he'll pass the, their kind of uh, concussion test uh, and he'll be able to come back very, very soon. Because uh, yeah, hugely over. So it'd be a, a real shame to, um, uh, yeah, for this to affect him too much and for him to be out too too long. Um, but yeah, a, a, a sobering start to a pay-per-view, which is a shame because I, I thought that match had the potential. Um, to be very, very good. Um, a couple of nice teams, new teams, um, getting more over, some good uh, gimmicks, very kind of contrasting gimmicks, which would kind of work well. Um, yeah, I thought the Vaud villains were going to win. Um, but yeah, the, the indication from saying that, that it was a no contest maybe makes it seem like it, it wasn't really that, um, that Enzo and Cass were going to win. But who knows? Who knows? Hopefully they'll get a chance to have a rematch Um very very soon and he'll be able to come back and um, all of that good stuff but uh, yeah bit of a sobering start to a pay-per-view now I don't know what the logic necessarily was of going straight to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens after this whether that was like a kind of a reshuffle to get people on board 
uh, nice and quickly again because it seems like I don't know from the build up to it and the, from the length of the build up as well um, that this was going to be one of the more over matches on the card, which makes you think that they would have left it further towards the end. But who knows? Um, but yeah, it was it was Sami Zayn and uh, Kevin Owens, and they ran that. Um, the preview package for it that we'd seen before we'd seen on Raw uh, and possibly on SmackDown as well. I can't remember um, for kind of building up the match and, you know, saying that this is, this is long form storytelling. The, um, where Kevin Owens came out and after Sami Zayn had won the NXT title, that was December, 2014. And he kind of turned on him and powerbombed him on the apron, etc. Um, so this is yeah, wonderful long form storytelling that this was kind of the blow off uh, match to or the first kind of um, match. Which it did seem a little bit weird that they were just going to have a straight wrestling match first off. Um, I thought they might go straight into more of a gimmicky match, but um, hopefully they'll leave that for another day. Um, but yeah, this was as I think a lot of people might have been able to guess. Um, this for me was the match of the night. It was. As I said, the crowd super into it. Everybody, you know, hates Kevin Owens, but also loves Kevin Owens, including myself. Everybody loves Sami Zayn. Um, yeah, and so everybody was well into it. As with yeah, any kind of feud where it's like these guys really hate each other. Obviously, no lock up at the beginning. Let's go straight in with the fists. Um, and Sami Zayn was uh, doing his over the top rope swan dive within within seconds. Uh, I think of the um, open and bell. Uh, we had some great, uh, some wonderful um, JBL commentary, as we're often blessed with um, in this day and age, um, where he obviously was trying to say Kevin Owens is uh, Machiavellian, um, but it just ended up making him sound like Kevin Owens is Machiavellian. Like, who's Mikey Valen? Who is Mikey Valen? I don't know who Mikey Valen is, but um, obviously a guy that JBL knows who is similar to Kevin Owens. But there's a lot of great um, stuff in this match, a huge amount of great stuff. But it's it, what I really liked about it, especially in this kind of day and age with, you know, the, the kind of more indie, I think, influenced WWE, where it's a lot more high risk. There's a lot more big spots, big bumps, like dangerous stuff. Look like with strong style, look how much we can genuinely beat the shit out of each other um i'll genuinely punch you in the face you can kick me in the face we'll i'll power bomb you on the ring apron we'll you know all of this kind of stuff that's a lot a lot riskier um that kind of whilst it is impressive for a kind of a quick thing it suffers from the same thing inevitably as garbage wrestling where it's like, oh, I'll hit you with a chair. Oh, everybody's bored of a chair. I'm going to hit you with a, a chair that's wrapped in barbed wire. Oh, it's, now I'm going to set it on fire. Now the chair's made of glass. Now it's, you know, the chair is several chairs t- lashed together and turned into a, a cha- chainsaw of chairs, right? They're just going to cut you up to ribbons. Oh, everyone's bored. It's that escalation thing um, that just shortens careers and shortens lives. And I, I just upsets me when I see people doing the, like I will I will absolutely stand up and say that the Sami Zayn Shinsuke Nakamura match from NXT TakeOver Dallas was amazing and gripping and you couldn't really take your eyes off it and they leathered the shit out of each other um, and it looked very good but it it's just I don't know I think for, for, for an industry that has such a history of 
people with long-term health problems after they leave the you know after they retire you think like maybe let's try and do things that are a little bit more straightforward let's try and devise a way of of wrestling that is less high impact but still engrossing and telling an amazing story and for anybody that says well that's not possible fucking watch this match because this match was a simple simple match very few things were you know ridiculously over the top and you know, massively dangerous. It was simple storytelling. It was simple moves done very, very slickly, very, very smoothly. Um, and it told an incredible story. And both of the guys were well into it in terms of the psychology of dishing out punishment, the psychology of absorbing the punishment, selling for each other massively. And it just, it was absolutely incredible. Just back and forth finishes. Um, it, yeah, and it just made me so happy that it, it was... A, a very and it it makes it sound bad that it, saying that it was simple, but it, I really don't think that it was. I think that it was it was just a I don't know. It was just a, a classic match, I suppose you could say. Um, just simple wrestling done incredibly well that gets a great reaction and looks amazing. Just very very simple. A beautiful frog splash uh, from Kevin Owens, as ever. That's such a such a hefty lad. He's um, absolutely incredible. Um, some wonderful uh, Michael Cole uh, miss calling um, where Sami Zayn delivered a, a Michinoku driver um, to Kevin Owens, which he then called a Blue Thunderbomb. It's like, no, that's not a Blue Thunderbomb, Maggle. That's that's a Michinoku driver. That's a, that's a very simple move and a very different move um, in which the opponent ends up in completely the opposite direction to how they would if it was a Blue Thunderbomb. Uh, and then it, all, it was almost like the wrestlers heard him. I'm like, right, if you think that's a blue thunderbomb, what the fuck are you going to call this? And he did an actual blue thunderbomb, which was brilliant because, again, just this an example of this simple stuff. Kevin Owens tries to run away. Sami Zayn grabs his T-shirt, pulls him back into a blue thunderbomb. Just a, something small like that is just a little way to... to the, is the difference between a good wrestler and a great wrestler is, is just those little extra bits that are telling an extra little bit of the story, that extra 5%, um, that makes that move then much more impressive and much more engrossing because it's not just, oh, I'm going to do a move on this guy. It's like, I'm tr- I'm getting him back and I'm oh, just very, very good. Very, very good. Um, which then Michael had to call. Uh, this was a, a traditional um, uh, Blue Thunderbomb. No, that's an actual Blue Thunderbomb. And what you called a Blue Thunderbomb before was uh, absolutely not. Um yeah, so nothing, just simple stuff done extremely, extremely well. Kevin Owens wins, which I think everybody knew, uh, everybody expected, so that they can kind of continue the feud. Um, and yeah, absolutely the match to beat. I can't can't say enough about it. Um, and then afterwards, if you you know, if there's not enough, um, uh, not enough Kevin Owens for you, he comes in, he gets Byron Saxton to come in the ring. Um, he initially sits down like he's holding the ropes open for him to come in. And then as soon as he gets close, he walks away. So he has to get just little things like that. He's such a, Carolyn is so good at being such an entertaining cunt. It's amazing. I love him to pieces. He's absolutely one of my favorites. Um, yeah. So then he gets Byron to come in the ring and ask him what it was, you know, about, um, beating Sami Zayn. And he says, I'm, Get rid of Sami Zayn. I'm going after the Intercontinental title. And then they discover that that's the match that's coming up next. So he's like, right, I'm going to do commentary uh, on the match. 
Um, again, Byron's obviously got the nice plush leather chair and there's a little kind of steel chair next to it. So then he swaps them over. So he's sitting in the leather chair and Byron has to sit on the thingy chair. Just lovely little heel tactics. Really, really entertaining. Um, and then, yeah, we go straight into the uh, IC title match. Um, Miz and Maurice come out first, which is not good because he's the champion. He should come out second. That should just be a, a standard rule. Impossible to shake that rule you know it's not the good guy coming out second it's the champion coming out second because it's you know you're the challenger and the champion's more important than you in this particular match but that quibble aside red carpet entrance for Miz and Maurice looks amazing um I think it's really really um enjoyed Miz and Maurice being together um I think it's a great idea to have this kind of you know cocky leading man coming out with his hot wife makes a lot of sense both of them wearing gold um i mean she kind of looked like a a kind of ringmaster stripper um so it's a weird outfit but um yeah i thought that was very very cool uh and then um cesaro comes out in his uh, white suit version of his bond suit with his bond entrance which is pretty cool um big cesaro section as you'd expect in chicago quite a marquee um uh, wrestling uh, city so a lot of people uh, well into Cesaro um, which is good because he is great he is maybe a little bit bland I don't know but see this is the thing this is what makes the difference between Roman Reigns and Cesaro because neither of them really have that much of a character both of them are just just guys who are quite strong um, but Cesaro is so good <laughs> at wrestling in a way that Roman Reigns isn't that you kind of forgive him, um, that he knows how to work with a crowd, and he's just so good, man. He's really, really good. Um, observe, early on, just a ridiculous series of nip-ups. It, it looked at the beginning like he'd kind of tried to do a nip-up and not quite done it right, but no, he's just kind of flipping between his feet and his back in a way that I... It, boggles my mind even being able to do I don't even understand that I don't even understand what that must take to do as a human being it's just absolutely absurd and then so many of the notes that I've written for this match uh, are moves that Cesaro did um, and just with ridiculous before it so it was a ridiculous nip up series by Cesaro ridiculous gut wrench suplex where he's just carrying the Miz Miz is a human being like that is this kind of stuff that that is absurdly impressive like Miz is a human being a muscly human being and he's just carrying him around he doesn't give a shit does not give a shit um there was a great uh Miz tries a leapfrog that then gets caught and reversed into a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker so that was amazing Miz uh gets a sleeper hold on Cesaro he's on his back Cesaro manages to spin him round so that Miz is on his front still hasn't touched the floor still hasn't touched the floor and then turn that into a vertical suplex which yeah is the same spot almost that kind of Ryback um, did before but this isn't being done on a 170 pound Mexican this has been done on a guy it's the Miz and it's just oh, ridiculous absolutely ridiculous um, but this yeah this was a very good match I, I with Owens being on commentary I was in two minds about it because on one hand, very entertaining, very entertaining. He started off by wearing JBL's cowboy hat over the top of his um, headphones. So that was funny. Um, 
and just these just constantly taking the piss out of Michael Cole, constantly taking the piss out of Byron, constantly saying that he likes JBL, which is in some ways the, the biggest piss take um, possible. Um, he told Byron at one point, um, "You don't say anything to me ever," which I thought was quite funny. And then when Byron started talking later, he said. Nobody cares. Go and call your mum or something. <laughs> like, just fuck off. Nobody wants to hear it. Just go and call your mum. Uh, which did make me laugh. Um, and then he, when Miz uh, uh, got some kind of arm bar or something on Cesaro, he was attacking the arm. And uh, Owen said, the difference between me and the um, Miz is I would have already ripped off Cesaro's arm. Ah, oh, just wonderful. So super entertaining, but... Does that detract from the match? Does that steal focus from the match and make the match less important because the guy on commentary is kind of stealing focus and taking the piss? I don't know. I don't know whether it is. Um, I would have think I probably would have preferred it if. And bear in mind, this is a pay per view. Like you can have that on a, on TV because it doesn't really because TV is just setting up the feuds. But on a pay per view, I kind of feel like let's let's let the wrestling do the talking. Um, Obviously, he had to be out for the finish, so Zayn comes back out, um, jumps over the um, commentary table um, and attacks him. Uh, and then they're fighting. They end up fighting on the apron. It kind of distracts Cesaro, who had the um, crossface on The Miz. Um, and then The Miz steals the victory with a roll-up, which, of course, he did. Of course, he was going to keep the uh, keep the belt, which is right, um, especially after Kalisto kept hold of the uh, US title so with the mid-card belts it tends to be one good guy one bad guy um, with those belts so it makes sense and I, I like Miz being the IC champion I like him in his current run with Maurice I think that's um, a good little evolution for the character um, yeah so I thought it was good it keeps Cesaro strong it's a little bit of a piss take but it's it was nobody's fault necessarily it's not Cesaro's fault necessarily Um so yeah, it, it was a little bit of a screwy finish, but I think I think they got away with it because everybody loves Owens and Zayn and Cesaro and Miz. Um, to be honest, I think it's a, a good foursome. They seem to be kind of hinting that it was going towards a kind of a fatal four way thing, maybe at Extreme Rules. Um, so they might be doing something like that. Uh, but then at the end, Owens is standing tall again after another pop up power bomb on uh, Sami Zayn. Um, and taking down the was that a pop up power bomb on the Miz as well? I don't know, but then yeah, he was standing tall holding the IC title. So yeah, it leads me to believe that they're going towards a fatal four way thing for them. Um, but yeah, again, very very solid match, very solid match. Maybe overshadowed a little bit by the commentary, maybe let down a little bit by the finish. But um, yeah, Cesaro is just such a good worker, such a good worker. Um, kind of can drag anybody you'd think through a, a halfway decent match. So yeah, again. Um, no bad matches so far in the pay-per-view. Could this continue? So that's uh, that's the first few matches. We've got to about half an hour, so I'm going to um, cut it at this point. Um, but yeah, to this point, you're thinking like there's no there's no bad matches. Ziggler, um, Corbin, pretty good. Strange finish, but yeah, good match. Nice spots in there. Corbin developing very, very nicely. Kalisto Ryback, massive surprise, really, really good match, so that was nice. Disappointing with the tag match, of course, um, that was a big shame. Uh, Zayn versus Owens, amazing, absolutely incredible. 
Um, and then Cesaro and Miz, like, very, very solid as well. Cesaro um, kind of doing a lot of the heavy lifting, literally, um, for an incredible match. So, hey, at this point, you're thinking, hello, what's going on? Although no titles have changed hands. So let's see what's going on with that. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you agree with what I say, if you disagree, if you want to let me know about something that you felt uh, about payback, something that you were particularly passionate about, let me know on the website um, at squarespace.danielswan.com. Let me know at Facebook, uh, Facebook forward slash the Daniel Swan, uh, or even just give me an email. Give me an old fashioned email, danielswan41 at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. There'll be payback part two um, coming up uh, very shortly, uh, also on the website imagine um but yeah thanks so much for listening and until next time keep watching wrestling cheers